This is Leader to Leader with Dean Fountain from the University of West Florida's College of Business. Today's guest is Cindy Warren, Certified Public Accountant. She joined the Warren Averett firm in 1990 and is the managing member of the Pensacola office. Cindy is also a member and former president of Impact 100 Pensacola Bay Area. I'm really excited to have Cindy Warren with us today. She won't recall the first time we met, but she was receiving an award, I think, at Junior Achievement Banquet. And I walked up and introduced myself to her. And I was excited when she became the managing partner, I guess would be the correct term at Warren Averett in Pensacola. It's great to be with you today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you. Thanks, Cindy. I have to admire your background. I have to admire what you do for our local community. And thank you for that off the top because Rick has just introduced you as one thing, but there's so much more. So thank you very much for what you do and your leadership in all different ways. My leading question for you, it feels like you do a lot of different things as well as being a top leader. What's your mindset? Did it all come at once? What I'm asking is you're successful in a lot of different things. How did that success build? Did you start out being focused on your career? Did you focus on career community? Tell me a little bit about the traits that you, now looking back, if you could talk a little bit about that as a leader. Okay. Thank you, Allie. I guess I started with a real focus on my career. I didn't have a lot of opportunities in the beginning to be involved in the community. I worked in a smaller firm and we did a lot of work and we had a lot of fun together And I was at that time probably just really involved in my church, but not so much in, you know, more charitable type things in the community. And I had the great fortune to get a really good start with my career and do really well. I had an opportunity to be in a firm that was very flexible when I became a young mother and they let me work my hours around my child's development, you know, so early on, I I worked a little bit more from home. And then when he started school, I I worked a little bit more in the office and less from home because I didn't get a lot done when I was at home with him when he was that age. But then I had the great fortune to be able to work with Mort O'Sullivan, who is, I think, the poster child for community involvement And I started to see the value of that, both from a professional standpoint and a personal standpoint, and just being able to be involved with some things that I was passionate about and I thought were important. And frankly, people who I enjoyed working in that setting with. So as I look back, I would say definitely was most focused on my career in the beginning, but I am so glad that I was led to be a part of this community and volunteering and just making a difference because I really have enjoyed that part too. So I'm going to pull apart that a little bit as you were talking. I hear mentor, I hear informal mentor, I hear role model, I hear Mark O'Sullivan who does a great thing for our university, for the community. I heard the biggest thing, Cindy, is work from home. 
before COVID-19, <laughs> before it was a thing, I want to pick that apart a little bit and say, do you feel as if when you were doing that in the flexible workspace, did you have to be laser focused on working from home? Meaning, did you have to think of yourself working and then being at home or did it kind of go together when you were working from home and being flexible? Does that make sense? I think so. When I first started working from home, there was dial up internet. Okay. (laughs) And we had no paperless files. Everything was paper. And so I loaded up a big briefcase of files and took them home. My original work from home schedule was to work from home on Fridays and Mondays. I would say it all blended together because it literally took me four days to get those two days worth of work done with the small child in my house. But it was just to me, I'm very competitive. And so I didn't ever want to lose that edge in my career, but wanted to be able to have that time with him when he was growing up. And so I was okay with that time sort of blending in. And I would say that as we've been working from home during COVID, I've counseled people to be really careful about all of that time blending in because it feels like when you never leave work, it's just so much more stressful. And so if you can really focus and say, okay, this is my work time, and then I'm really going to either turn off my computer or close this door, not eat dinner and go sit back down, it really does help you maintain that balance so much better. But in the last year, as we've all been working from home, I think it's been so easy to work a little bit, do something in your house or run an errand and then come back and work a little bit and have dinner and then go work a little bit more. And then before you know it, you've been working from eight o'clock in the morning till nine or 10 o'clock at night. And you've really still only gotten one good work day's worth of work done. I think that becomes much more stressful whenever that blends together like that. I agree. And, you know, I actually called it a blended life coming out of the hospitality industry where that does blend together, where many of your friends are in the industry and it all kind of bleeds together. And I did home office for about 10 years, but I had a territory. So, I mean, I would do, and I was so used to that as far as working on Sunday, getting prepped for the week and doing things, you know, and we do try to do other things. It is a little bit different, but I think also that time, and I wonder about you, that time really kind of framed me for right now, which is we have to be careful about that because otherwise nobody's going to tell you to get up and take a walk or nobody's going to tell you to get up and throw the Frisbee for your dog that they need exercise because you're sitting and for us, it's zoom to zoom to zoom. As Rick says, we're zooming like all day. When is the work getting done? I just wanted to pull that out that you were working from home before it was cool. Yeah, it was definitely the first in our little firm for somebody to, to be able to work remotely like that. And it definitely had its challenges. And when we left the office a year ago to go home for a quarantine, for COVID quarantine, The next day, I think 90 something percent of the people in our firm, which is probably 850 people, were online working. And so it was very seamless for us then, but it was much more of a task 
whenever yeah. I first charted that territory. Thanks for being a trailblazer for that, because oh. that is important. It's either female or male. It doesn't matter if that works in for whatever reason. So thank you for that years ago. So let's talk a little bit about what I also pulled out when you were talking about how to get involved with communities. And this has been a theme through podcasts, but giving back to community, when you get to being a top leader, you're pulled in different directions and you have to figure out where that's important. But when you're young and coming up, you want to get involved, but may not be asked to get involved. So how, when you talked about more and maybe a mentor, I heard either formal or informal mentor. And I've done a lot of reading in the sponsor, you know, mentor or sponsor. I don't know if you've read about that. So how do you do that? As a person coming up in somewhere that you want more, and I heard competitive, because I too am competitive, <laughs> but you really want to select the right people to kind of look at for a role model. Looking at it now backwards, giving advice to a 23-year-old new graduate that's going to come out in May, how do you do that? What would you see as either formal or informal mentor. What is your advice on that? I think if you are looking for a mentor, then I think the people who are most approachable are probably the ones who you're going to relate to the most. Those are people who really make an effort to reach out to you, to say hello in the hallway or stop by your office or your desk and just chat with you, see how you're doing you know, what are your kids' names? How was your weekend? That kind of thing. I think those are people who you're most naturally drawn to and that you would look up to in a mentor role that you would strive to sort of relate to. If you are the person who is the mentor, I think you just have to remember those things and encourage. I think, you know, as far as like community involvement goes, I always tell people, choose something that you're interested in. And if your kids are in Girl Scouts or something like that, you know, get involved with that or get involved with PTA or PTO, whatever they might call it now. But those things where you're going to be anyway, and you're already developing relationships and you know people, get involved in those types of things because it fits in with your family. It fits in with your life that you already are living. And it's probably something that you're very interested in and that you're passionate about to start with, as opposed to if you have young children and you don't necessarily have any interest in maybe the arts, well, the opera board might not be some opportunity that you want to take advantage of because that may not be something that you're really passionate about and can find the time to fit into your busy life already. It needs to be something that you already enjoy or you're interested in learning more about. Yeah, I get that because some things may not fit now, Mm -hmm. but they may fit a little bit later. And it makes sense to, and it goes back to Rick's, and I'm going to look at Rick on this, the authentic self, because you're authentic at every age, you just have to kind of tap into what that is and be okay with that Mm -hmm. and kind of not go for the stars is how I look at it. And we don't know each other. So it's great to get to know you. 
kind, caring to me, confident is what I would say quickly in these few minutes about you. Tell me about your leadership style. I want to know, I'm interested. How do you see the traits that you hold true to yourself at this point? Oh, wow. I think that above all, I want to be an encourager. Mm -hmm. I want to help people to understand they can be successful and really help them to understand what they've been called to do. You know, what gifts do they have? What are their talents? What are their gifts? What are their passions? And that's really where you're going to be the most successful. And, you know, some of the hardest conversations, but conversations that I felt really strongly about being the right conversations were one to say, this may not be the thing for you. You know, public accounting may not be the best fit for you because of whatever, you know, that might be. And it typically has nothing to do with someone's mental capabilities or their, you know, how smart they are. It typically has to do with other things in their lives that this is just not the thing for them. And so I always want to be an encourager. I always want to be honest and give honest feedback, but always want to make sure that I take feedback with positive intent as well, that if I get feedback, I want to trust that someone's given me that with positive intent and try to learn from that. You know, sometimes I'm better at all of that than others. (laughs) I do think that's important. I think just being available and listening to people and then encouraging them because In my world, someone doesn't graduate with an accounting degree or a master's in accounting or whatever that degree may look like and not have plenty of brain power. So, you know, there's no such thing as a person who comes into this career who isn't able to learn or isn't able to, to be trained. And I think that's rarely a problem. It's the other things that make up the rest of your life that I want to be sensitive to and and help people to grow in all of those areas and have a fulfilling career. And I think that's commendable to say, what is your purpose? It changes and evolves. Mm -hmm. If I could take that from kind of we backed into it, which is that it changes and evolves as you evolve and it may change and evolve as opportunities. But as a leader, if I hear you saying feedback, communication are really important in the light that it's given. Right. Right. So I commend you again for that. And it's a hard thing sometimes. And it's sometimes a hard thing to be in your position and make some of those decisions and whatnot and still be kind and caring because that is where we're at. So absolutely. So I want Rick to come on in when we're talking about accounting, since Dean Fountain is an accountant and many other things. Rick? Well, I do have a degree in accounting, but Cindy has had so comments that so thought provoking. A couple of things I want to circle back to you chose the operas might not fit for everyone. And as a proud past chairman of the second oldest opera company in the country, the Mississippi Opera, it fit for me. But I had more people say, what in God's name are you doing with the opera? I happen to have enjoyed it. I think they asked me to join that board because I had a 
history of leadership with problem nonprofits, but I found that that was one of the most enjoyable, but it's, you're right. It, not every opportunity is a fit for your employees. You were talking about your son and I hope you don't mind me saying that he's an alumnus of our MBA program and we're very proud of that. So I want to brag on that for a minute. And then I think something you were talking about, that mentoring, I really appreciate that. I think a real leader feels maybe not an obligation, but they just feel like it's part of who they are to bring the next generation of people along or to bring their peers up to the highest level. I know that Warren Abert uses or did use the DISC evaluation system, and it gives you a great sense of who people are and how they'll work together and how they address certain things. So I commend y'all on that. I learned a lot. Mort O'Sullivan and I talked about that a good bit. You've opened my eyes to a lot of things. I think that you were innovative. You started working hard. The opportunities come if you stay diligent and do your job. The firm will start to encourage you because they'll say, you're a keeper. You're going to make it in public accounting. And now you need to feel more of a public persona. I got that from you as you develop the broad-based leadership skills by being open to maybe even moving out of your initial comfort zone. I think if you're staying in the same place, you're not growing. And I think some of the opportunities that I've had beyond practicing accounting have really helped me to grow in, in so many areas and, and to understand, you know, just like community involvement I really had no idea, even as involved as I was in the community on several different boards and that kind of thing, until I became so involved with Impact 100, I didn't have an idea about a lot of organizations in our community and the work that they do and really the roles that they fill and the voids that they fill for our population. And so I think you just, you learn so much when you get out of your everyday work world, if you have the capacity and the time to do that. I think it's very rewarding and it just opens your eyes to a lot of what's going on in your community. And, and you may even find some opportunities for a passion that you have that you didn't even know those opportunities existed. I want to loop back around now to Impact 100, but you can definitely talk in generality about this question that I have for you on that. You bring a certain skill set when you're a leader in different things. Like there is no way that giving back your, your knowledge of accounting taxes and whatnot, I have no clue, right? I have absolutely no clue about, but when we all get together, that's when it comes through And so I think, Cindy, that's a piece that's missing in understanding of giving back to your local community. It's not just your time. It's not just of your effort. It really is you have the skills and other people do not. And this is kind of just a compliment to say, if you're coming to the table and you think about how much, you know, everybody on an hourly basis would charge That's really what you're doing is you're bringing it back and you are bringing those skills. And so it's much bigger than what you're humbly saying here. (laughs) It's really true. And so I think that for us, we need to pull that out 
in this podcast and say, don't forget, flaunt that, flaunt that you have those talents and give it back and grow from it. Yeah. Debbie Ritchie always says, you know, you give your time, your talent and your treasures. And so that is your time, your skills and, you know, whatever financial commitment that you can make to whatever you choose to be involved in. And I think that has such validity. It's like the body, it all works together for good. And so, you know, you bring your accounting skills, you bring your legal skills, you bring your construction skills, you bring your banking skills or whatever those may be. And together we all make such a huge impact and can make a difference for whatever cause or purpose that we're working for. And I think that's where you're just become a part of something bigger than you could ever be yourself. And that's very rewarding. When we talk about Impact 100, that's part of why it is so successful because it's the collective nature of pooling those funds to fund a really large scale project that truly makes a difference in our community. And it's all about the collective power that we have when we come together. And I think whenever we all bring our skills to the table and we give those freely, then I don't see how you couldn't feel rewarded and fulfilled from that. That to me is a very foreign concept. (laughs) And it's just, you know, I keep going back to it, but it's such bigger than one person. Mm -hmm. And that is a hard thing. When I asked you about leadership traits, that's hard to put in that pot, isn't it? It is. It's hard to say because I feel so much better that I know that I'm giving these things, the treasures back. It's a hard thing to go check, check. Okay, this, I can, you know, wrap my mind around it because it's coming. We can't do that because it really is coming from the heart. So that's another one we'll say trait, you know, bigger than oneself. We're at the end of this, unfortunately. I've loved talking to you. I've loved listening to you. Rick, final thoughts, final question. Cindy, final thoughts, final question. Anything? Well, I I want to say it's been refreshing to talk about community involvement, what Impact 100 does. We had a little different concept in Jackson. I was chair of the Community Foundation, and we had a woman's fund, and they would give money to it. We were more in about building an endowment. And the longer I've been here and seen Impact's commitment to no cost, et cetera, and putting hundred cent dollars. I've seen the difference. Impact 100 made at St. John's Cemetery at Pensacola High School band. It's just amazing the work y'all have done. And I commend you for that. You impact lives here every day. And the fact that you impacted lives in areas that you had no idea about when you started in that is a great thing for our community. So it's been a lot of fun to spend a little more time with you, Cindy. I have so much respect for you professionally. But to see you as a community leader gives me a little fresher perspective on you. So I'm happy to have a chance to work with you on occasion on advisory boards and things like that. Thanks for coming today. You are so welcome. I enjoyed talking with you all as well. And I look forward to continuing to work together and make this place even more amazing than it already is. It's such a great community and so much potential to be even better. And I think We have so many people in our community who are passionate about that as well. And 
The university is such a big part of our community, and I love that I get to be a part and get involved in, in some of that stuff from the university perspective as well. So thanks for having me today. Thank you, Cindy. And my final word, unless Rick wants the final word, is thank you very much for being part of Dr. Hartnett's mentoring community. She does an amazing job and we really appreciate you giving your time and efforts and treasures through that program. It's really important. It's important that we do that here. And so thank you for that. That's my privilege. I really enjoyed being a part of that program.